everybody, this is Sean Sewell with the Engagement.com podcast. Very excited to have with me today Ben Nelson, the founder of Huck Adventures. Huck Adventures is an app that helps outdoor enthusiasts find other outdoor enthusiasts and schedule their time together and find the right partners for their activities. And I've been following their progress for quite a while, and I've getting to know Ben, and I'm a big fan of him and his project. So without further ado, welcome Ben Nelson. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, Ben. We have a lot to talk about here. So you're constantly out there making connections and partnering up with people. And um, what's the most recent activity you had with uh, other huckers? Other huckers? Well, I would have to say the last thing I did was I was actually at Black Rifle Canyon um, doing some rock climbing, checking out the area. It was probably the best um, picturesque area I've climbed in Colorado. And it's hard for me to say that because the one thing I've learned is it takes a lot of work to launch an app to get more people outside, and that means I'm spending more time inside and not mm-hmm. outside. So ever since I moved to Colorado in September, I've had a long list of places I want to go. But it's so hard to actually find time to go because of, you know, my whole goal is to get more people outside and to get more outdoor enthusiasts to meet up with each other that... I have to kind of sacrifice my own outside adventure time that I just want all the time. <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> well, that's a that's a big one, though. I, I know it's a beautiful area. One of our writers, Will Coleman, was down there recently, and just pictures I saw from his Instagram were amazing. So I'm glad you pulled that off. That was probably very rewarding. It was rewarding. It was even more rewarding for the fact that um, luck down, good weather. I mean, it did rain on Friday night pretty bad, but... Mm-hmm. It was amazing waking up the next morning for sunrise and the ground was dry already. <laughs> oh, wow. That is cool. Well, us being a gear show, what gear did you use on this trip? Um, I used um, Sportiva um, Approach. Let me start that all over again. <laughs> um, I was testing out a new pair of um, pants from Mamut. Oh, cool. They're brand new. So it was kind of nice to test them out, um, mm-hmm. rock climbing, because the day before I tested them out for bike to work day. So I biked with them. And then I got to go test them rock climbing and hiking. And then besides the Mamut pants, I was wearing um, Sportiva shoes for approach shoes as well as rock climbing shoes. Mm-hmm. Harness was black diamond. Um, carabiners was Petzl. And the chalk bag was, what was the chalk bag? Oh, it was Petzl as well, and nice. then a Petzl rope. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm uh, one of those. I'm one of those people that there's different gear that I really like in different areas. And as you just heard, I would, I was, my rock climbing attire was like five different brands. <laughs> and that's totally cool. I, I dig that. You know, um, you were an outdoor retailer recently too, so you probably saw a lot of cool stuff. I was thinking about the rock bag you just mentioned, uh, the chalk bag, and we saw one from North Face that like seals up completely. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, the the cool thing about chalk bags I've been seeing lately is the fact that uh, I want to say Mamut just came out with a bag recently that has a nice um, zipper stash to actually hold your cell phone. Oh wow! And the one thing I actually like doing with a chalk bag, if I'm if I know I'm not going to need my chalk very much, is to hide a beer or two in it. <laughs> That's resourceful. It's very resourceful. <laughs> After doing a multi pitch, and you want to just crack open a beer. It's amazing. That's cool. I appreciate your ability to uh, get adult beverages into the wilderness. That's awesome. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, what's it about? It's about doing an adventure and having a beer afterwards. It is. Sometimes a beer during, too. 
I know my friend Mike Sanchez. He's all about getting to the top of the peak and then having a nice IPA, and then he drops an Ian Telemarks down. It's, it works for him. Hey, it's great. I mean, I, I still remember there was one day um, at Breckenridge this year that the line to get on the lift was so long that me and my friends were like, let's just go grab a beer. And we go grab a beer, go stand in line. We're halfway through the line, the beers are done, and we were like, we should have grabbed two. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, speaking of outdoor retailer, what was some of the key things you noticed there got you stoked? I think some of the things that got me stoked was a lot of the technologies that we're going to be seeing in um, 2020 Mm -hmm. um, for spring. I mean, things that got me excited was seeing that um, Black Diamond and Mamut was coming out with a rock climbing helmet with MIPS technology in it. Yeah, we were stoked on that. I was very stoked because, you know, seeing that, Technology, and I, I feel bad saying this, but I didn't know it existed in the marketplace until I was at Outdoor Retailer in November mm. and started learning about MIPS and everything else. And then when I saw that Black Diamond and Mamut both announced helmets with MIPS technology, it was great to see mm-hmm. because not only for protecting rock climbers that fall, but also, you know, protecting their sanity so their brain doesn't get scrambled anymore. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, the last three years, maybe four years, all my helmets have had MIPS for uh, splitboarding and snowboarding. So I'm glad it's going into the client market too. Yeah, I have to say when it comes to like snowboarding helmets, um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that this app had in it moving down the line was to make sure that we had a gear closet Mm -hmm. for users to keep track of their gear as well as expirations. And I'm totally at fault for realizing having... Um, gear that owned that completely expired. A great example was um, I didn't even realize my ski helmet had expired five years ago and it was 10 years old. Yeah. And that's why I didn't even know about MIPS technology because I hadn't actually researched buying a new helmet. You know, that's that's something I never really thought about. I mean, medicines in the first aid kit expire. I think about that all the time. But yeah, you know, like um, synthetic insulation loses its its value over time, uh, helmets, all that stuff does have a time life. And the the genius thing you just mentioned is having that in your locker and then knowing when, you know, when it's good, when it's time to replace, that's really smart, dude. Yeah, and it also makes me realize it's like, how much have I been doing damage to my brain? Because once I realized how long I had had the helmet mm-hmm. and how many hits to the ice or snow I've had, it really makes me wonder. For sure. Wow. That's a brilliant, brilliant idea. Among other brilliant ideas within the Huck app, super cool stuff. Uh, about the app, I've been beta testing it since maybe day one. I don't know. I've been enjoying it. Day uh, one since we pushed out a bad release. So I'm glad you're on the latest <laughs> one. <laughs> it keeps getting better, as all things do. Um, let's talk more about uh, the app, how it works, who it's for, and... Um, I'm a big fan of this. I'll let you give the talk on it. So how the Huck Adventure app works is my ultimate goal for Huck was to provide um, a community and a social network for all outdoor enthusiasts Mm -hmm. so that with the app, you're not only being able to connect with more people to get outside with, but it makes it easier to find people to go do the adventure sports that you love to do by finding people based on geolocation, age range, gender, skill level, sport, and availability. Availability and skill level was a big one for me because 
I think I hear your dogs. <laughs> yeah, they're chewing on bones and terrorizing kids playing in the pool. That's their MO. <laughs> so, you know, skill level and availability was a big one for me because growing up, um, I grew up on three acres and was homeschooled, and I spent most of my free time outside because I hated schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hated. You put anything in my hands that was anything from working on woodworking projects to building something, I was there in the forest doing it. That's awesome. Um, it was always funny because on the three acres that we had, um, I wound up piecing together and scrapping from all my relatives. Every time they tore down a deck, I went and collected their wood with my dad just to be able to build this massive treehouse that most people would call a treehouse deck because how big it was. <laughs> and I was constantly building my own um, community on my parents' acreage because, you know, growing up um, in the outdoors, living on three acres, we spent a lot of time, um, you know, reading reading some... Let me back up. Um, where was I? Three acres. Three acres? So, you know, growing up on three acres um, and being homeschooled, you know, it goes back to, like, me always wanting to be outside. So, of course, my favorite books were Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer and The Swiss Family Robinson, especially oh, yeah. in that movie. And it was mostly, like, Swiss Family Robinson, like, the movie, watching it as a child and, like, seeing the treehouse that they built and wanting to build that treehouse myself. That was an epic treehouse. That was a very epic treehouse, <laughs> especially all the traps. I mean, yeah. I won't lie, I tried replicating all the traps on my parents' property. I bet that was not successful. It was and wasn't. I yeah. mean, it wasn't successful for the neighborhood kids that, like, took the wire. <laughs> That's funny. But... Yeah, it was so much fun. I mean, I built everything from fences from scratch just out of wood that I found in the forest to building my own well to when the creek bed would dry up, I would be in the creek, like, um, reorganizing the rocks to have a better flow of water because it all fit perfectly around my little communal um, treehouse and fortress that I built in my parents' property. That's impressive. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I mean, most of the time, my f- parents did not even realize that we were, me and my brothers, um, were venturing off the property and going through creeks and trespassing and everything else. It was actually funny because um, the one thing that we wrote up when we um, wrote the website was I kind of wrote a history, if any of you guys are interested, on the Huck Adventures website about what inspired Huck. And... It was funny because recently my mom read it and she read the part about us venturing into people's properties and she's like, no, you didn't. I was like, <laughs> um, we weren't going to get in trouble and tell you. <laughs> yeah, clearly not until we're adults. <laughs> no, not at all. So, you know, having that experience as a kid and like growing up um, in a canoe half my life, every summer was a canoe trip. Um, since my parents didn't have very much money, we uh, always would do a different road trip to a different state and we're always like an outdoor family. So it was biking, um, kayaking, um, whitewater rafting, skiing, um, rock climbing. And when I grew into being an adult, um, you know, I always had been an introvert and it was very hard for me to, you know, walk up to a stranger and say, Hey, you want to go do something? Right. (laughs) And when I got, when I was in that in between age, between like 18 and 22, I always like had that problem. It was like, I got into rock climbing at the age of 16, 
but I fell out of it because I didn't know anyone to actually do it with. And looking back on that, I kind of wish I kept it up because thinking how good I actually would be in rock climbing if I had kept it up for the last, okay, age myself now, 17 years, um, that I would have had so much progress in the sport. Yeah. And so I had that problem. And then the second problem I had was um, trying to find people to ski with and mm-hmm. drive down I-70 all the way to Copper Mountain to be able to ski and snowboard with. And most of my friends in Kansas City, they either didn't have the money, they didn't have the time off, or they were a beginner and they needed lessons. And I'm sorry, but if I'm driving nine hours to get to Copper Mountain, I'm not going to give you a lesson. Yeah, that's a big chunk of time to go skiing. It's a big chunk of time. <laughs> I mean, I think one of my favorite stories is the fact that I was working a full-time job for Hallmark Cards and me and my oldest brother decided we would um, drive to Colorado because he was big into the dance scene and swing dancing and I was big into hey it's New Year's Eve I'm going snowboarding yeah (laughs) and I work a 12-hour shift got off at 6 a.m. and then realized that my brother did not sleep at all And I was like, okay, fine, I'll just do the whole drive. Mm -hmm. So I wound up staying up for 36 hours straight. Wow. Went to bed for six hours, woke up super early, got in my car and drove all the way to Winter Park to go snowboard. That's some dedication. So much. Yeah. So much dedication. Well, if there's anything I've heard over the last few minutes, I can see an honest uh, pain point and a reason to create the Huck app. Like, that's a beautiful backstory. And I think it'll resonate with a lot of listeners because... I know a lot of people have a lot of trouble finding people they want to associate with and hang out with and go do activities with. So good on you for making this app. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. Um, when I started researching Huck um, about four years ago, I was really hoping someone else had already done it. Right. I would have thought somebody had done it too. I mean, I've talked to people and I'm like, we need an app like this. Yeah. And I was like, well, there is one. It's called Huck. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the main thing. When I started doing my research, I was like, and that was when I got back into rock climbing. I had been living in Can- in New York for about three years and was moving back to my hometown in Kansas City. And I found out about this new rock climbing gym that was opening up. And I was like, I'm signing up for a membership. membership. And what made it easy was I found out that they were going to have auto belay systems. Hmm. And I don't know if you're familiar with auto belay systems, but... It takes the pressure out of like knowing someone at the gym because you just clip in, do the route, jump off, it lowers you down. Whoa. So you don't have to rely on actually making friends if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, it makes it easier, but you know, that was when I was like, I'm going to get back into rock climbing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do some mental health for myself. And the one thing I realized when doing the sports I love, it's like, it's, it's brain food for you. Yeah. It's so good. And that's when I started really researching and wondering, has anyone actually thought this through and created an app like this? Because even, even four or five years ago, it was the same thing. It was like, who can I bike with? Yeah. Who can I mountain bike with? Who can I kayak with? Who can I snowboard with? And, you know, when I started researching everything, I realized that, you know, when I started looking at the data that was actually out there, um, the Outdoor Industry Association um, had data on the ex- exact subject that was I was faced with and struggled with for years. And that is, you know, from the data that they had, there's about 69 million Americans 
that want to get outside, but they don't know who to do it with. And they would if they had the opportunity to. Yeah, that's and a that, very... That's, that's like a huge point of the population. I mean, there's another 147 million Americans that already are active outside, which makes up about 49% of the U.S. And to think that there's a total of 65% that want to connect with each other and get outside and do stuff together. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I get to observe this from a different point of view as a, a moderator, administrator for what's one of the largest ski groups in North America, the Boulder Backcountry Ski and Snowboard Group, uh, right around 3,000 people. So I watch this almost on a daily basis, people trying to find other people to link up with. And then you watch them go through the vetting process, and then it goes to private message, and then it goes to phone calls, and then it goes to, is this person going to show up on time? Is there a ski level the same as mine, risk tolerance the same as mine? All these variables that you have thought about and put into your app, um, like you mentioned, skill level and calendar, huge. And uh, there's some capabilities you mentioned to me a month or two ago that I'll let you talk about, but where you kind of take the guesswork out of, like if a person works in a restaurant industry or something and they have random days off and they can populate their calendar and then it lets other people know and then boom, you have your crew put together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just want to make it easier. I want people to spend less time on forums trying to find someone mm -hmm. and more time outside. I mean, technically that's the opposite approach that most companies want because they want more people online for more advertising, but I want more people outside having fun and doing the things they love to do. That's awesome. And you'll be top of mind too because they use your service and recommend it to other people. Exactly. So that's, that's a good way to earn business, mm -hmm. for sure. Well, I really like the backstory of how Huck came to be. Um, uh, all your time growing up on three acres, uh, you were involved in 4-H as well? I was. Um, my mom was in 4-H um, when she was growing up. So, you know, being a family of five, three boys and everything else, and being homeschooled, she got us into 4-H when we were younger. And so it was, it was one of those things that just paired, I guess, really well with being homeschooled was getting into 4-H. And most people think 4-H is just cows and horses, but that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> For everyone out there, it's, if you've ever been to a state fair in your own state and actually gone to a state fair, that's 100% revolves around 4-H. Oh, yeah. I grew up in Nebraska, and I did 4-H, and it wasn't just, like you said, animals and stuff. It, there was a lot more to it, and it helped bring people in the community together. Yeah, I mean, my, my favorite things I did in 4-H was archery. Mm -hmm. we would, I would go to um, all the archery competitions, and my dad pretty much instilled in me that you don't place in the top three, you're failing me. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> so I always place in the top three. <laughs> I guess it worked. And besides that, it was uh, also woodworking. Going back to what I had said earlier, is like anything that I could get in my hands and like work with, I was good at. So yeah. it was woodworking, archery, did arts and crafts, as well as it helped me like when I was interested into photography at the age of eight, um, I got to start learning photography and then start learning videography afterwards. So 4-H helped with helped that and. I, I'll be honest, I really did not like being forced into doing public speeches through 4-H, but, I mean, we had to do that. And it's helped me as an adult, I would have to say. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I didn't notice how you got into the photography. I know the first time we uh, hung out in the mountains doing some splitboarding, 
uh, I was really impressed with your skills, like setting up everything, and then the video looked way better than I thought it would look in the field when we shot it in that windstorm. It was impressive what you did. It's all about the mic. I guess. And, and the video. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you, your background with um, photography, you traveled the world doing some photo shoots. Yeah, um, I actually got into photography at the age of eight. I don't think I did my first professional shoot till probably 18, and I think it was probably a wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, at 18 years old. 18 years old, shooting a wedding. And um, I really got into it at the age of 22 and kind of made a name for myself in Kansas City being a fashion photographer. And I have to say, I mean, it's Kansas City. It's not a fashion capital of the world, so mm-hmm. it's kind of easy to get the name of a fashion photographer back in 2002 yeah (laughs) but that actually like um helped me grow as a photographer helped me grow as a videographer um i have worked in about 60 cities and six countries um traveled with a shoe designer out of new york and went to italy four times documenting um building shoes in italy from scratch to um photographing the victoria's secret fashion show in paris to shooting about 20 New York Fashion Weeks. Dude, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, look at you coming from Kansas City, photographer, fashion, and then Victoria's Secret in Paris and Italy. That's that's impressive. Yeah, the one thing, you know, living in those different elements um, and living in Chicago and living in New York, um, most people thought when they looked at me that I was like this fashion photographer and everything else. And whenever they actually saw me in my element outdoors, they were like, who are you? (laughs) Alter ego. (laughs) Complete alter ego. Well, a lot of good stuff here, man. Um, Been very excited to see your progress as you grow, Huck. And uh, we've enjoyed watching you as a fellow entrepreneur going after, you know, things and watching grow and some things fail as they always do. But you've always found a way to move it forward and uh, definitely enjoying the beta right now. And so... Uh, it's been fun. I've I found actually some friends on there that you probably don't know were connected. And so I see them on your app. I'm like, oh, hey, you're on there. How cool is this, you know? So. Yeah, that's that's pr- pretty cool to see different people that have signed up. Officially, as of today, we have 152 people on beta. Nice. Um, if anyone listening that's in Colorado wants to um, jump on our beta program and come help test the app out, um, give us your feedback, you can actually go to Google Play on your Android device and type in Huck Adventures and it'll pop up in the store and you can download it on your Android phone. Oh, if, cool. if you're wanting to do it on um, an iPhone, just shoot me over a personal email at ben at huckadventures.com and I can add you to the iOS testing. It's actually a pretty fun process too. Um, it's cool getting these beta test apps. I have like five beta test apps at the moment. So you go through the test flight thing and then you get you feel kind of special, you know? Yeah. And then you get to give feedback directly to a person like you, and it helps them get the stuff better. So Yeah, and we're, we're actually excited for the different things we're going to announce to our beta users that we're going to do special for them because um, our beta users are the ones that are, you know, testing it out before it's actually a live app. Yeah, and it helps you guys, and it helps them. Yeah, it helps us a lot. Before the interview started, you were really excited coming in here um, about some new partnerships. Do you mind elaborating on that? Yeah, most definitely. Um, We are working with um, two companies that we're going to bring onto the Huck app to be able to add two great features for the app. One of them, I can't say their name right now because it's not official, but the unique thing that they're going to be bringing to the app is the fact that their company specializes in gear rental. 
So they're like the Airbnb for gear rentals. So if you have a snowboard, split board, um, ropes, harnesses, everything else, you can list it on their site and be able to rent out your gear when you're actually not using it. That's really resourceful. So it's going to be really resourceful, and it's also going to give people opportunities to make side money um, on the app as well when it comes to especially people that are in accidents. Yeah. Because, you know, a great example, my um, back-end developer, Octavian, um, we got lucky with finding him because he was actually in a uh, ski accident and broke his tibia. And since he's been laid up on the couch, it's actually freed him up to do a lot of coding for the Huck app. So um, I'm kind of grateful. Silver lining. (laughs) Silver lining. Mm -hmm. But he's going through, like, a, a recovery to heal his tibia and in the process he's also helping us out and helping all these outdoor recreationists out to be able to um help build a huck app but he's a great example that if you're in an accident you could rent out your gear you're not using oh yeah but if you want to avoid an accident that brings in partnership number two i can actually tell you about nice and that and that is uh buddy insurance and what's cool about Buddy Insurance is it's the insurance protection you're going to want to have whenever you're doing outdoor adventures, sports, because it covers you in the backcountry and it covers you doing all the sports you love to do outside. Oh, that's cool. And the cool thing about it is for as little as $10 per day, you can have $50,000 in coverage. Wow. So I'm a prime example of this that I actually wish I had this um, back in January when... I ripped my intercostal muscle and I had no health insurance and I just put up with the pain and went to a chiropractor. (laughs) Yeah. I saw you one of those days and you were in a lot of pain. Yeah. It was a painful recovery. And the worst part was since I love rock climbing so much, it was very hard for me to stay off the wall. Mm -hmm. I mean, doctor said, well, my chiropractor said eight to nine weeks. And within two weeks I was at movement on a wall trying to climb. And I would climb until I felt pain, and then I would go home, and then three days later I would come back to the gym and try again and see how long I would last. It was always like, how long will Ben last until he's crying in pain? Yeah. <laughs> and then I had a second injury this year, and um, hairline fracture to my tailbone. Ugh. And you know how that is. Yeah, I can relate. That's, that's a really rough one. You can't, it's like no comfortable position, and it just sucks. It sucks. And I told the founders of this company, I was like, I wish I had you guys um, back a year ago when I started hurting myself outdoors. Yeah. I mean, it's insurance I would have. I I wouldn't have health insurance. I would just have accident insurance because I am an active person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, the perk of having Buddy Insurance team up with you, there's a benefit to the users? Absolutely. So the benefit to the users is if you pay for the yearly membership with Huck and get access to the world, um, you'll be able to get 5% off with Buddy Insurance, which at that rate, you're actually saving the cost of paying for Huck for an entire year. That's enticing. And um, most people don't know like what the paid-for version of Huck will do, but the paid-for version um, will allow you to contact anyone in the whole world. Um, right now it'll be the United States when we mm-hmm. launch, but the free version gets you access to a hundred mile radius. So you can easily use the free version and go anywhere. But if you actually want to pre-plan a trip, like you're here in Denver and you want to go to Moab and actually meet up with people in Moab, you either have to wait to get there 
or have the paid for version that allows you to be able to um, post notifications that you're looking for someone to go mountain biking with or any type of sport. Also allows you to put in the city that you want to find someone and actually search cities, states, and zip codes outside of your 100 mile radius. And then we'll have a lot of other features in that monthly membership as well. The nice thing about that is we wanted to keep it at a low cost for people. So the monthly membership is $4.99, or if you pay for the entire year, it's $2.99 a month. So we wanted to keep it very, very low so anyone could afford it. So $3 for a month if you pay annually and $5 if you pay month to month. Yep. Wow. I would, I would do that. Yeah. That's cool. All right, Ben. So you have a lot of platforms. You have a YouTube channel where you have gear reviews and stuff on there. You have Instagram. You have a Facebook page. And you have a podcast. I we, know because I was a guest on one. Exactly. I think you were the third guest. I think so, yeah. I see you have uh, four more upcoming ones. Yeah, um, our podcast, um, since we launched it in, I think it was the 1st of April. The mm-hmm. first one was Clean Trails because we were talking about um, Earth Day coming up and the stuff that we were going to do in partnership with Clean Trails and Earth Day. And our podcast runs every two weeks, and it's a mix of our nonprofit partners that are in the industry as well as athletes that have great stories to tell that are doing good in the community as well as outdoor space. So some of the new ones coming up include Tyler Kempton that is on the U.S. men's climbing team. And Tyler and I met randomly last year, actually a year ago, when I was in town for Outdoor Retailer Summer Show hmm. and met him when he was working at Rock and Riesel in Boulder. So we kind of became friends last year and stayed in contact. And I didn't even know he was on the U.S. men's team until I showed up to shoot the um, world climbing competition for ice climbing in Denver. And I oh, see yeah. him climbing the wall. <laughs> and the cool thing about um, Tyler is he is currently working on a project to be able to bring dry tooling to Boulder. Oh, wow. So super excited and super excited to have him on the podcast coming up as well as he's going to um, help launch a new video series that I'm actually personally super excited for. I don't even think you know about it. There's a lot that I don't know about. (laughs) There's a lot. So I'm working on putting together a YouTube series called Ben Tries Blank. Oh, how funny. Because... The one thing I want to encourage all users to do on the Huck app is don't stay in your box. Don't just do one sport. I mean, we have 240 sport categories on the app. And so with the YouTube series I'm going to launch later this year is I'm going to start trying every sport I've never tried and allow users to vote on what sport they want me to do. That's entertaining. Yeah. I look forward to watching that. That should be very entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. Let's make Ben do this next. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of nervous and scared for some of them because I don't like heights and I don't like, um, well, being 35 years old, I'll just admit it now, I still need to learn how to swim. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely put you to the challenge. So there's water sports and skydiving to deal with. Yeah. So there's a lot. So we got Tyler Kempton coming up. We got the founder of Dirty 30. Um, 
going that's going to be on the show. And if someone's not familiar with Dirty Thirty, it's one of the craziest um, long distance races that happen in Colorado that brings hundreds of people from all across the United States. And the recent one was the first of June, and they had like seven hundred and thirty participants. And it's a twenty-five hour race. If you don't make it to the finish line twenty-four hours, you get cut. Wow. So people are running for 24 hours solid. And then we also have Natalie Grossman that was on the U.S. women's team at the World Cup that happened in Vail for the GoPro Games. And she was the only woman that on the U.S. team that placed in the top 10. And she's actually out of Boulder oh, wow. as well. And then we also have the directors um, of Leave No Trace that are going to be on the show. That's the stack crew. Yeah. Wow. Look forward to those podcasts. It's very stacked. And um, I won't even say the other ones we're working on that haven't confirmed yet. <laughs> That's cool. Well, uh, and their production value is very good, too. I like your theme music. You guys do a good you. job with that. Well, uh, Ben, thank you for taking the time to explain more about the Huck app, which I think is just a fantastic resource for all these outdoor lovers and trying to find other people to share those interests with. Um, I like hearing about how it came to be and you're growing up and three acres and all that. And, um, yeah, thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Sean. Yeah. So this is the Engagement.com podcast, um, available on all formats, iTunes, Podbean, and all the other ones. Uh, as well as uh, further details, you can go over to Engagement.com. Until next time, guys, take care.